Welcome to another edition of Open All Eyes, a QPR podcast, spectacularly back after two wins after last week's Bring Your Own Razor Blades. Right, I'm going to let everyone introduce themselves today, <laughs> because this is Clive's idea. Clive, only, who only, are you? That's only because <laughs> you couldn't pronounce the guy's name. I can't pronounce my own name half the time. Welcome, Clive Whittingham. Thank you. Good evening. Hello. Uh, and you are, sir? <laughs> Uh, it's been so long since we've seen you. Yes, it is. It's nice to be back after on the back of two wins and almost signing Yaya Torre, uh, Chris Charles. And um, by the way, Chris, can you just say, how's the band come along, son? Oh, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> not good, <laughs> mate. Yeah, it's a long story, but we're still on track, but just not rehearsed for a couple of months. I hear you. A bit like our forward line sometimes. Yeah. And Dan, please pronounce yourself to the podcast and what you do. Uh, I'm Dan Trelfer. I'm 42. Support Queen's Park Rangers. Sorry, it's, a meet, it's the other meeting that I go How to sometimes. You be- <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> You've got a lot of hair for a 42-year-old. Yeah, I know. It's nice, isn't it? No, it's not yeah. when you're bald as I am. No, no, move on. <laughs> and the man without any bunny men, how many times have you heard that? You know, so was- My name is Ian McCullough. I'm not an alcoholic due to Finney not providing any beer. <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, I'm sorry, but... Um, this could be awkward when you read out the sponsor who's built all the beer tonight. I have, I, I've, I've not been briefed. This podcast is raw. It's ready. It's off the cuff. I ignore all the texts. It's a lot easier. Raid, let's talk about... Are you all right, Clive? <laughs> yeah. I just wondering what I've let myself in for. Now, why would you wonder that? By the way, welcome to everyone for joining us in this wonderful podcast of happiness. Three points, a cup win. I'm going to start with you, Clive. How many times have you been on the podcast when you can actually follow that up? Never. Completely out of my depth. I think it should probably go to somebody else. Um, to be fair, I mean, do you want to do Saturday? Saturday was, we needed a win of any kind, didn't we? Um, mm-hmm. After the start we've made and given the amount of chances they missed and the fact that our goal should have been disallowed, it really was a, a win scraped off the, off the floor. Um, but unlucky against Sheffield United, bad refereeing decision, unlucky at Preston, maybe good save in the last minute, so let's not look the the turn down the good luck when it does come along because uh, we really needed it on Saturday and uh, got over the line just about and uh, last night was a bit of a nonsense really but quite enjoyable why do you say a bit of a nonsense well you know 11 changes and get i found uh, i mean wider point i found the the quality of the league one opposition we've faced this year just staggering really peterborough top of the league five wins out of five and they looked bloody awful to me mm. and then bristol rovers last night were even worse i just you know the the standard of League One teams that used to come down here and beat us a couple of years ago. You remember that Swindon team and who it had in it. Yeah, um, compared to you know they had Luongo and Grant Hall were playing for them. They had Pritchard who's been bought for eight million quid since. It was that was a really good team. And I just I see Blackburn and Wigan and uh, Rotherham going straight down and coming back up again. And I think you know League One looks well poor quality, but also a lot of fun. You know nothing nothing to fear down there. Someone said. Behind me, I, I'm not. I'm not sure it was because I'm. I'm 
deaf as a post leg, but I heard this voice it, it kind of carried. Where he went, do you know what? Look at this. We'll piss League One next season. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> which I thought was quite a good comment. Yeah. Chris, what did you think of the last two games? <clears throat> well, I'm I'm still in shock, really. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm superstitious, but ahead of the Wigan game, I wore my green and white binotone top. Uh, the last pair of underpants I could find in the drawer and I trod in dog shit on the way to the ground so you have to do that every time now uh, before every home game now I've seen where you live that won't be a problem (laughs) yeah no I I I mean last night yeah like Clive said I mean you know the the classic headline Queen's Park strangers came to mind when they sort of uh, made 11 changes and a couple of blokes who I barely heard of came on at the end Um, but yeah it was I mean Bright was fantastic wasn't he Mm. Um, I mean hate to say anything because I was going to say Sean but anything you say about Bright is yeah, someone's yeah. going to say you're doing a pun on it but I thought he was he was excellent exactly what we needed running at players not scared to run at players take them on scored a decent goal maybe a bit selfish at times but then if you look at the, the lack of goals we scored who can blame him really absolutely destroyed their full back to the extent yeah. he had to fake an injury to get off the pitch yeah I mean he's key, he was keen to impress wasn't he I think he's big you know Harshly dropped, I thought, and mm, uh, very. brought back last night and really had a point to prove. But it was he, fantastic. If he gets in next time, who do you drop to accommodate him if, if McLaren persists in playing two strikers? Which we have to now because we've just loaned in two strikers. Yeah, had a lot of money. Paid uh, a lot, yeah, paid a lot more for him, and now you've got, it doesn't suit any of the midfielders behind them. Because you've got arguably two of our best players, Eze and Freeman, who have now been shunted out to wings, wings, which is where they yeah. do their best work. But do you drop one of them? Is it like in a, in a lot lesser I'll, sense? The trouble with Eze is he's been massively overhyped. And massively. Yeah, he really hasn't been overhyped. No. Uh, he's only an absolute star. He's not been overhyped. I think. He's, come on, Dan. He's brilliant. He's, he's brilliant. He's wet. I just think. I don't I think he's been underhyped. He won't be. He won't be. He, he could go in January and he definitely won't be in next season. Okay, that's interesting. Because I, I think. think, I I think, think he's we, got everything. Do you not think it was too soon, too too much for him? And we, we've kind of. No, I think he's, it's been difficult for him because he mm-hmm. came into the side and. And he was, I thought he was excellent against Sheffield United. I mean, I think he had six shots, five of them were on target. And I think we only had about one other shot in the game. And then he's been told by McLaren he's going to play the number 10 role and you know, he's going to be pivotal. And then suddenly, after a couple, a couple of bad defeats, he's being shunted all over the place. So it is difficult for him. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, he'll be fine because he's a really good player. He's strong. He's, he's not lightning quick, but... Getting away from defenders over well, a Dell couple of yards, he's yeah, he's fast enough. He's got a great shot. It seems like he's got a great attitude. I would have brought He'll him be... on a lot slower myself and brought him into games more, and then let him earn that number ten shirt next season. Mm. And then he, he he's got the claim. But that's just me. I I don't claim to know an awful lot about football. I, I suspect he just didn't think McLaren didn't think he had that much choice because because we haven't really got many other players. We haven't got many other strikers. So, but going back to Chris's point, who would you drop out of? The two midfield. I'm thinking you're thinking Freeman, maybe Luongo. But then Freeman finished the game on Saturday really well, I thought. Um, I, I, don't, I didn't think he was great the last couple of games, but I think, um, the way you think, Clive, I'm looking at you here. I don't know why. I just, <laughs> I mean, the, I think the theme of the, a lot of the chat tonight is going to be just how far we've departed from what everybody was saying a month ago yeah. about how we were going to play, who was going to be in the team the ethos and the direction of the club why we brought McLaren in in a month the whole thing has been torn up and this is either a deliberate move and McLaren always thought it would go this way and paid lip service and it was a bit of a PR thing over the summer and he was always like well I'll be doing you I'm saying this now but I'll be doing this or it's an outright panic um 
which isn't really papered over by Saturday's win for me. Sorry to be sort of horribly negative about it. No, just for a change, wrong, just for a change. <laughs> I think you're right, you're right though, because I, I think Saturday's win could easily have been 3-1 to Wigan. Easily. I mean, there's three headers that they should have scored and, and just uh, two of them, I was already looking down at my shoes because I thought they were goals. Mm. I mean, we could easily have lost that game, but we, we didn't and hopefully we can build from that. But I, I, think, I think you're right. There's, a, there's an element of panic. You need to get two strikers in and, and he needs to get another central defender in. But... Um, at the same time, I think now he realises, right, we've got to win, we've got to, we've got to get some points on the board, and however we do that, mm. it's however we get yeah, them. Stri- we already- and then we can start changing and perhaps going back to playing a bit more out from we're the already back. We're already now into how quick we get to 52 points and get it over with. That's, we are straight into that yeah. now. Yeah. What do you think, Ian? I'm with Dan on Ezzy. I thought he didn't play in his best position on Saturday, but he put a shift in, he did as well as he could and you know I do think could have easily just he could have easily been shunted to the bench and played a more pragmatic kind of 4-4-2 if that was what he was going to do and he didn't he kept him in the side I think that's good for his confidence mm-hmm. um, it's good for his development to kind of have to play that role it's not going to do him any harm um, I thought actually the first 40 minutes against Bristol City we looked better than we did across the 90 against um, Wigan if I'm being really honest but you know Terrible first goal we conceded against them, and it, we fell apart after that. But they, I thought the two centre halves I'm not sold on um, were better against Wigan. And I, I mean, there's a lot of people calling for Freeman to be dropped. I don't think you can drop him. I think I like Freeman. He always wants the ball, never goes missing. I think he tries things that don't come off. He still goes looking for the ball. Um, they, they showed us can put, my biggest worry at the moment. I mean, I'm a huge Maslowongo fan, but he looks off the pace. He looks like half the player that he was towards in the last year um, I know he's very very he's still finding it hard to get over what happened to him in the World Cup he spent a lot of money to take his family out there was kind of led to believe he would be playing and you know, didn't even kick the ball and I think there's a bit of a hangover from that and he needs to kind of snap out of that really he'd had no pre-season as a result of that came back with about a week yeah I don't think that's a shoot because they basically did, he had the two games off at the end and then they were in a, a month long camp yeah. in I think it was Turkey so he had the two weeks off after the World Cup and he was training every day during the World Cup. So I don't think there's any kind of bar. But I do think generally when Holloway had them last year, they started the season so strong because they were so fit. They were running up hills in Portugal and things like that. And we started the season snapping in the tackles and things. But we got the points on the board early, but they were kind of looked on their knees by sort of after that Sheffield United game. We got thumped by Nottingham Forest and it kind of, we had that horrible run of sort of five or six defeats in a row. And you hope maybe the poor start might kick into a, a stronger we don't know we don't know but I was very impressed with the two new signings the the improvement just the movement and the way uh, Hamed reminds me a little bit of Helgerson yeah you know, a bit but, more acrobatic perhaps but no I don't know Helgerson in the air was the free size thing. on that but anyway but the point that I want to make is that I think what he, because we look so porous at the back it's so important to have someone up top who can hold the ball because well, the ball's going that. up and it's just coming. That was what was happening last night. You see it with Smith. He, you know, he got first touch like a baby elephant. You know, and it kind of simple five-yard passes. They're shanking here and there, and they, you know, I thought Bristol Rovers weren't too bad last night. I mean, they weren't great, but a bit more quality up front. They could have, they, they should have scored really. But they couldn't find half the players most of the game. Yeah, but I suppose I'm rounding a bit here. But the point is, you know, hopefully with you know the two boys up front, that can. Mark an improvement. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to something that Clive said, which is very true. 
And I did wonder, I might have said it at one of the first podcasts, I wonder how long it's going to take QPR to derail the pathway to the first team. The kids are all right. Believe in kids. Kids are the way forward. Three or four games in, everything binned. Expensive loans brought in. That's what happens when you lose 7-1, though. I, I think it's, a, it's fair enough to bring the two strikers in. I think, I, I think what I do find weird is that Kakai has won in different game and then is, is being replaced by some 86-year-old bloke from Swansea. Uh, and again, Kakai, I thought, was one of the best players last night. He was very good last night. Um, and yeah, you might I, be trying to protect him. I mean, that's, that's mm. just me playing devil's advocate a bit because Which I is why he you're has here. played well. But he... I can see why you would take out a player after a seven-one. I mean that you know, and that one of the goals when he you could take out eleven players after that result. Yeah. Trust me, I mean, when, I he, know when he tackled Lyson, but then he left Ingram then... in for Bristol City. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was the. I don't disagree with that either, though. I mean, that's I, don't know. I, thought... I mean, you had to give him another chance just to kind of redeem it. It didn't work. It didn't work, obviously, and then he, he, he took him out. So. I wouldn't have been upset if I'd have kept Ingram in after West Brom. Yeah, and I wasn't made a big difference having drop. a big confident goalkeeper oh, there on Saturday. The thing that really got me was Lumley. I mean, I'm showing my age here, but he's got a bit of Peter Hucker about him. He's a very confident boy, and I can't remember the incident, but it was in the second half, and I think one of their players had, was in the place of being booked, and a bit of kind of in your face between him and Scowan, I think it was, and he came racing out of the goal and just started giving it to the Wigan player. Mm. I remember watching him in under 18s in one of those finals at Loftus Road back in the Steve Gallon days, and he was never short a gob, was he? He was, no. he was always been a right mouthy git, which is what mm, you want. Totally, to keep you all want. confident yeah. and yeah. you know but how, I, how long yeah, it'll Saturday, last playing behind that defence. I don't know. But. Yeah, I mean Saturday that was that was the immediate thing. I mean partly because it was so quiet in the stadium because everyone was sitting there thinking, oh God, what's going to happen? But you could just hear him, couldn't you? I mean, yeah. we, you know, we sit in similar places, Clive, and, and I could hear everything he was shouting mm. you know, constantly, and he didn't care if he was shouting at Lysner, Captain, you know, or old or Rangel, you know playing the Premier League for 10 years you know he was going to make his point and that, I think that really helped mm. the back four because you could tell um, in the previous game with Ingram in goal and I do feel really sorry for him but you could just see that his hesitation was infecting the rest yeah. of the defence I feel, I feel sorry for Ingram and I think I mean not to sit here all night and hammer McLaren although you know I don't particularly agree with much of what he's done so far I think he's hung Ingram out to dry because it was always going to be very difficult for Ingram this year. He's basically, give or take a loan move, sat on a bench for two years, which is never good for a keeper, I don't think. Um, it's his first ever championship number one gig. He's never played regularly at this level. He's replacing a superb goalkeeper. He's playing behind an entirely new and not very good defence in a team that's going to struggle. You know, as the manager, you've got to look at that and make it as simple as possible for him. How can we make your life easier? And instead, what McLaren's done is, oh, by the way, we're going to completely change our style of play and you're really key to it. We want you to be pinging balls off to these three who aren't really capable of that either. I just felt, I really felt that he, he sort of hung him out to dry like that. And is you know, after the 7-1 or whatever, he just looks completely spent. So it's the right thing to bring Lumley in now and they have changed that style of play slightly, but... I don't think McLaren did him many favours, not to, you know... Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's big boys football. Do you know what I mean? You're letting 10 goals in but then, but then two what, games. Okay, but Ian, here's, here's the other way of looking at it is, why do we spend all that time getting rid of Holloway and all that and big up the youth players and then to just not use them in the, in the first few games? Why do we not then build a squad in the summer with the experienced players? Because he knew he's had enough time with these lads before the season started to know, right, they're capable of this, they're capable of that, maybe they're not. 
they then have to go out and get too expensive loans and good players but they're going to cost the club a lot of money why did we not pre-plan that I mean to be fair what that, do you mean those, what, those what do you mean two, pre-plan what well because he's worked with them so he would have known our strengths and, and anyone with half a brain would know if you're going to play Matt Smith as a lone striker you're taking not only a risk but you're probably insane so he would, he would have seen the squad, he would assess the players, and he would, he would have worked on that system, surely, before the start of the season with the friendlies and everything else. But then he watched the Union Berlin game, and he played that way, didn't he? And we won 3-0 in Berlin. Yeah, but it looked know, like it was working. I mean, so you think the client so far has been a great manager? No, he's I didn't say that. No, no, no. What I'm saying, I'm just saying, he's been... Yeah. What, to me, what he hasn't done, he's, 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 killed, he's killed a few players' confidence. Young Smith, his confidence yeah, is on the floor. Samuel's confidence was on the floor. I would say Kaká's confidence is now... Although he played well last night, you've got to be careful with these kids. You can't I don't think Bright was dropped, though, was he? I think he, he was, there was some sort of family bereavement. That's why he missed the last two I'm games. not sure what was going on there, but it, he, he looked a lot more happy to be playing last night than, than he did when he... And obviously, Pavel going off and scoring and shaking the manager's hand was a statement within itself. I don't think I've ever seen a player do that before in my life. Come over and shake the manager's hand. That, that was, was that was odd. That was telling, very telling. I'm not. Well, actually, I probably am more than now thinking about it. Yeah, I am. but I'm not a McLaren fan. Never was, never will be. I don't really rate him, but I'm really hoping he, he, he turns it around. You got to nurture these kids. If we send Young Smith out alone, along with Manning, and we don't play the other ones, and everything they said from March to start of the season, in my mind, was bullshit. That's that's simple. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all. I can't disagree with much you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have. I can understand the merits in sending Manning out on loan. I don't. But go on. Well, the thing is, I'd rather if he's not going to play, and he's going to be if he's going to be sat on the bench. But why? Why is he not going to play? Well, if you've got your three main three, we've just said that Luongo is playing very poorly. Said so now, you would think that now, you know, the way Luongo is playing now might be a time to just take him out for a couple of games. And Ryan's perfect for that, except he's now playing for Rotherham, who, like it or not, as I said when it was done, they are, we are competing with mm. Rotherham this year. They are above us. They've won games in the championship. We need to find three teams worse than us. We are definitely in that mode. And we've just given them a good player. I know a Rotherham fan really well. And has already said that he's like, first two games, I'm not, I don't know why, you've, why have you given him to us? Like, but we're going to get him back in January. And I'd, oh, rather, he, I'd rather him be match fit. Season long, isn't it? It's recall in January. No, you can have a recall in January. Okay. So That's do you know what I mean? Right. He's not gone for the whole year. We can, if we need him, we can get him back in January. But you'd have to think that Luongo, you know, given the form he's shown in the but past, he's going to get better. Only takes one injury. So, I mean, that's the other thing. Manning, to me, is first, is like first, you know, he might not be one of those, the first three, the Freeman, Luongo, Scohan, but he's the first one to come in after that. So mm. I understand that we might we might have needed to free up some money, and no one wants to loan Jordan Cousins, which I, which I can understand. But you say free up money, but, but we paid all that money in the two. The, the, trust me, them two lads up top will not. We do up. need those. We do need those two lads. You no, could I see agree, the yeah. you could see the difference on them, Saturday having that sort of quality up front. That's not the sort of quality we've been able to afford. God, no, for they have a brain. They know what they're doing. But yeah. what I'm saying is, and that makes a big difference. So that I'm fine with. I'm not fine with loaning out. Manning, potentially Smith, and you know they had an offer for Samuel, they turned it down. And I'm not the t- the names we're being linked with as the loan window approaches, like 33 year olds from Stoke and whatever. Whether it happens or not, I'm not okay with that. That's not that's not what he was brought in to do. That's or at least that's not what they told us he was brought in to do. It's a significant departure, um, and we're back to you know trying to sign names. Um, you know, trying to sign experienced players and 
you know, borrowing players from elsewhere and things like that. And just that's we can't afford to buy anyone though. So what do you do? Well, you do what Holloway was doing at the end of last year. Which was what? Which was those games at the end of last year. Birmingham at home, Norwich at home, Chef Wednesday at home. Slowly moving out the senior players that he knew was going. Samuel played and played well. Little Smith played played well. Easy came in, played well. Manning was playing well, scored at Villa, scored against Norwich. They were all in and around the team and they were doing okay. So if you were doing that and you added Hemed to the top of it, because as we've said, Matt Smith can't, can't do that, then I'd be on board with that. But this is a really significant departure really quickly and I'm interested to know whether McLaren always thought he was just going to do that or whether it's a panic. I think it's, I think it's probably more of a panic. I haven't said that. McLaren, first thing McLaren said when he came in was we need more experience. Um, and yeah, he's, um, basically wherever he's been before Derby, well, Forrest didn't work out so well, but he's used to having a bit of money at his disposal. I don't know how much he, he knew in the situation we were in, whether he knew the full picture. But I'm, I'm sure if we'd have just squeaked um, a 1-0 defeat instead of a 7-1 there might not, not, not be, might, can't even speak might not be quite so much of a panic to get all these players in but I agree with you we did need the strikers yeah the strikers you could just see on Saturday it's chalk and cheese from what's gone before but then we, we, we can't then talk about money and say we're going to watch the pennies because we've then completely blown a budget and two players so well, that, I mean that's who's that's, we'll that's, else and, that's who's his job isn't it well, again, it goes. Who's, I don't think who's from what you know we've spoken to him a lot or whatever. Don't think who's is the sort of person that would let them blow a budget. It mm. doesn't necessarily mean that they won't now have to bomb a few people out on loan and scrimp and save somewhere. But we di- we didn't we needed at least Hemed to mm. play that lone striker all the way McLaren wants to play. I don't think who's would let them blow a budget. I mean, I wait to be. Well, he's. I'm not sure what he says in football matters. He's, he's, no, but if he's turned around and says you can't do that because it will breach FFP, then they, they, get, they can't do it. Answers on a postcard to me because I can never work it out. As far as I, I, I was told this the other week, I did inquire because people were always arguing with me who was in charge of everything. Les is totally football. Everything to do with football is Les Ferdinand and everything non-football is Lee Hughes. That's what I was told. So take that as whatever way you want. Yeah, but the point is Lee Hughes runs... I was told football layers, non-football leagues. Argue with the club, not me. Chris, what did you think of last night and Saturday again, and the loan players? I think I've already said, but I'll I'll happily say again. Um, Yeah, as I've just to reiterate, I think the strikers were needed. We're going to have to loan presumably one or two of our strikers out. I'm not quite sure who would take poor old Connor. I mean, last night he, he, he this shows what a, a rough time he's having. He actually goes to score a goal and then it's cleared off his off the line by our own uh, striker Smith. Yeah, um, it wasn't just cleared off the line. It was a brilliant defence. Well, it was. Um, I mean, as Dan said to me, if you had a look, you said what Connor's face was amazing, wasn't it? You just yeah, you just see on the. I just saw it on the highlights, but you know, he just threw his hands in the air and just looked down. It's well, just like, just come on. Buy a goal. Yeah, no, exactly. I did feel really sorry for him. Um, Silla, Silla's a strange one. I've always sort of quite rated him, and he had a. He's still got our best strike rate, as far as I know. It was one in three at one stage. It's probably near, near one in four he's and a half now. Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen? Lake Washington. He's the one, like all the guys around me are the ones who are shouting. He's the first one, you know, they get on his back, first of all, because basically his sort of languid style suggests that he's not trying, he's not putting the effort in. I think that's what people don't like. I'm not sure whether that is the case, whether he's just going through a rough time, whether he's not getting the service. I think he's always going to be the way he is. His, his whole career has probably been that way, but we just took a punt on him. We spent a lot of money on him and Washington, and they could have been the greatest players ever. 
but they've turned out to be flops. Washington might we Millwall have been sniffing around Washington for a while, but they've just bought Bradshaw from Barnsley, who's a good little player. So I, think I would that, say he's a better player, actually. Oh, he's definitely a better player. I love. Which is the same for us because I'd like because I think at Millwall he might do better. He's not going to get a look in the wheels. Well, it's basic, isn't it, at Millwall? You just run in behind and you know just run as hard as you can and intimidate people. So he might. Because honestly, I think you look on paper, Silla's record is not the worst. Well, that's what I'm saying. And you go. If anyone out the strikers, we'd probably get money for him more than any of the others. Someone will look at that and go, he's, I'll got, give you, I'll, I'll, he's got, what, I don't know, has he got 15 goals? But we paid over Premier a million. Championship goals in, what, 40 odd appearances? We, like we paid over a million for him. I would say we'd be lucky to get 200,000 for him. No, I wouldn't. I mean, you look at some of them strikers went last year, like Agbong, what Agbong, the, the boy that Borough bought for stupid money from Forrest. Okay. I'll bet got, you three pounds we don't get more than 200,000 for him. Well, he goal, looks like he's been the one bombed out because he wasn't even in the Yeah, I mean, his night. goals per game record is actually really good. Yeah. But I just, so Holo- was Devin White's? I won't have a word said against Devin White. Yeah. I told <laughs> you that before. Wish Devin White was playing for us now, mate, mm. I'll tell you. Um, his goals per game record is good. Successive managers, though, have just failed to work him out. And mm. that's Holo- Holloway kept full it because he comes into training one day and looks like, you know, the next best, the, ne- the great white hope. And then he comes into training the, f- the following day and he just... He doesn't want to know, and you you put him on one day, and he'll score you a goal or whatever. Then you start him the next week, and he's just he's yeah, all over the he's show. Frustrating. He's frustrating. Ve- he's very inconsistent. He was, he was summed up brilliantly last season. It was at Birmingham at home when he was amazing, and then we played Brentford away. Seven Wednesday. Is that when he got dropped the next game? Yeah, but then he played against yeah. Brentford, and he, he he was just woeful. He didn't play. Come on, a sub. Yeah. Well, maybe that's because he got dropped the last game. Well, he was, maybe he's a confidence it, it, player. He never, you know, one, one thing to say about Silla is that Washington has had a lot of chances and a lot yeah. of runs in the game. And Silla, I, I doubt he's ever started more than three or four games in a row. No, they started him three games in a row at the end of December, basically, because they were trying to sell him in January. Mm. And they had a couple of clubs sniffing around, I think Reading and Hull, who were interested to know why, with his record, we weren't starting him. Mm. So I think they tried to start him. I remember he missed a load of sitters at Ipswich last year. We drew nil-nil on Boxing Day or around that time. And they tried to give him three starts to try and drum up a bit of interest in January. And he just he didn't want to know in those three. He was very poor. And then, like you say, he comes in towards the end of the season against Chef Wednesday. looks brilliant again. And he's, he's so up and down. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's a nice player to have on, you know, he's a nice player to have on the bench, I think. We've probably, we probably got rid of the luxury of... That because exactly. like we're now looking to save money to pay for the two we have loaned. You can't know. have you can't you know you can't have if Smith and Silla aren't both in the team. You can't have both of them in the squad. I think. I mean, if one, sorry, if one of them now, isn't in the team, not now you've got exactly. Hemmed and in, Wells as well. In Silla's defence, though, he did look very good against Preston when he came on, and he did actually ruffle a few feathers. But he's won a lot of points over the last. 18 months yeah. yeah the goals he scored a lot of winners you know Fulham away Bristol City at mm. home. Um, if you had to loan out one or two of our strikers Paul who would you go for if I was a manager mm-hmm. I think we should go to Finland well, yeah, um, just, but it comes back to the Cousins and Manning debate you can only loan out players that other people want so I it's would, all very well saying we should have kept Manning and got rid of Cousins but if nobody wants Cousins then you can't and it's the same as you know. Cousins was unlucky. get rid of Washington and keep Silla, but How much nobody, did Cousins if, cost? If nobody wants Washington. Cousins was a million pounds, wasn't he? I really liked Cousins at Charlton as well. So I think I, think, I, think, I, think, yeah. I still have high. I'm, I'm really rooting for Cousins. I don't think he's had no luck with injuries. He's been playing right he's back. Had he's played right two years. Do you know what I mean? When he gets a chance to play centre midfield, he was in the side and out the side. And I thought he did okay last night. He was a bit iffy. Well, he got the ball away a couple of times, but I thought he, as the game, but that's Rusty Dislawin. He got strong exactly, and he's also playing next to 
a winger picked in central midfield last night. So he's kind of babysitting and doing a job because yeah. Pavel, Pavel's not a central exactly. midfielder, is he? But the good thing about last night for me, before we go to Finland, because we all go to Finland, how many times have we said that? This podcast probably never. Anyway, um, was seeing Grant Hall back. The assurance that he brings with him is amazing. To say that he's been out for so long to come back in the side and play like that. And actually, Batiste looked a much better player. He even did a 30-yard pass. Yeah, which I nearly McLaren, McLaren really likes Hall. Uh, he looks he looks a long way off fitness to me. He could do a defensive role, you know, quite easily. He really, McLaren really likes him. You know the Skyn role. I'm thinking that. Well, no, him next. No, no, no. no you don't think? Don't you think? Why not? Centre back. No. Hated him when he played that centre midfield role under Holloway. Hated it. I thought you did really well. Ain't got the legs for it. I think you might be disappointed when he's fit again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go to McLaren. We haven't got any centre backs, honestly. If we don't sign a centre back on Friday, you know, we've done out. It makes sense at the moment. Yeah, that is true. If we don't sign a centre back, we've got, we've got the German Lynch Baptiste. That's it. If we don't sign a centre back, that's where well. we're going. I think we're going. I, I thought he did well. He came on last night, actually. Who? Owens. He didn't have that much to do, did he? But he played centre half. Got the size replacement. He looked too small for a centre half. I don't know. He's warming up in front of us. He looked massive. Yeah, <laughs> he he looked like, really, maybe it's where I sat. Maybe it's centre half. So maybe it's where I sat. Maybe he was next to lots of tall people. Mister yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Six Foot Plus. Yeah. Um, right. Let's go to Finland and talk to a guy who had the misfortune of coming to possibly two of the worst games this season. So we're going to be chatting and see if he's managed to cheer himself up since I've won two games since he went home. Who wants to do this interview? <laughs> Chris is going to ask you a question. So, Anti, so you came over to England. You come to watch Q, uh, West Brom uh, West Brom against QPR. You come to watch QPR against Bristol City. What did you think might happen? Well, uh, well, it was. <laughs> I, I I tweeted the same thing that I was choking before the West Brom matches. As long as we don't concede seven, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> we just went and conceded seven. Ten. No, that is ridiculous. Um, and I believe, so I believe your, your your game before that was Nottingham Forest when we lost five two. Is that right? Yeah. So basically, your last three games, you, the aggregate is uh, QPR three, everyone else fifteen. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So there's one school of thought that says maybe you should stay in Finland <laughs> and not come over for too many more games. But of course, we don't want that hat to happen. But there is a saying in England that these things come in threes. So hopefully, you've got your three bad games out of the way, and next time you're going to be in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I'll, I'll probably do, it will probably be next season when I visit next time. So maybe we'll get some some players back together. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's probably a wise that's choice. Given... Yeah, I mean, you must have been sort of mixed emotions, though, when we finally win and we beat Wigan 1-0. You think, God, if I'd have just delayed it for a week. Yeah, I think it was quite funny that the first match before, after after I left, we started winning with the overhead kicks and everything else. <laughs> it was just like, I don't even know anymore. Sorry, can we, can we ask how you end up supporting QPR Well. Living in Finland, please. Says a man from It's interesting. How, how, why are you a QPR supporter? It was actually, well, uh, well, that's the question I asked myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, you know likewise, likewise. We all every ask day. ourselves that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's basically because I, I really had no, no connection to QPR other than we first time I don't I don't remember what year it was but first time I was in London our apartment was just next to Loftus Road and 
that was sort of the first stadium there obviously wasn't we, we hadn't planned for anything so there wasn't a match it was summer so i just end up end up visiting the shop and buying a coffee mug and a scarf i think so well and and that's sort of how it kicks off and and the next season i bought the membership and as he might at the Hawthorne. Listen to the audio, audio, and and now obviously they have their live streaming, which is really cool. Yeah, it's um. Sorry, were you sorry? Yeah. I was just sorry, Andy. When you were at the Hawthorns, mate, did you stay until the end? Yeah. Well done. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well done. And we, you, uh, you've just answered the question, really. You weren't. Uh, do you know of a player called Anti Hinola? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of him. So it, I'm assuming Antti's a bit of a common name in Finland. You weren't named after him then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Not, not that I know of. <laughs> so here's an idea, Antti. If we go on a winning run, I reckon we should all have a whip run to get you back and buy you some beers and a credit scepter. And Clive and me are going to help sort that out, don't we, Clive? Can we make sure that we've got 52 points on the board first? <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. Can we make sure that we're, we're clear of... We're definitely going to get promoted, but 52 points is much more realistic. But, you're yeah, right. Yes, yes. Because I, I feel so sorry for you. I think you deserve it. And um, we'd, we'd love to, when you come back, to get you in the podcast studio for real, big man, because that, um, that was a horrible trip. So, Antti, um, before you go, can you tell us... Do you think QPR are going to be safe this season? Do you think we're going to stay up? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, it's it's funny actually. I just looked looked for the odds for us to get relegated, and I think we are second second to bottom. And <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. I think we'll we'll definitely be safe. That's and the spirit, I mate. Certainly on the evidence he's seen, um, we'll, we'll definitely stay up. Yeah. Table, I think. Sorry, what did you say, Antti? Lower mid table would be my prediction. I'll take I, I that. I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll, we'll win against the teams that are obviously worse than us. Good mind. Well, listen, we'll, we'll get you back for the return yeah. match against West Brom when we beat them seven one, and then we seal into the playoffs. <laughs> it will all be a bad dream after that. Anthony, 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 thank you very much, and um, please come on the podcast again whenever you're around. And um, It's fans like you that keep this club going. Thanks for coming over and supporting our club. Yeah, it's, 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 it's always my pleasure coming there. Cheers, mate. Good man. Take Cheers, care. Mate. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was Anthony Coppella. Anthony. Anthony Coppella, or oh, whatever. I'm never getting away. I'm having an absolute nightmare tonight. I knew I should have got Nothing to do just... with spending the afternoon in Weatherspoons then. The daughter brought her boyfriend round. Had to go to the pub. Even okay. I at least turn up to the podcast sober. <laughs> <laughs> I am sober. How dare you, sir? Right. Well, uh, you kind of feel you kind of feel for him, don't you? I mean, that wasn't. I mean, I was at the Hawthorns, and you were there because I you were sitting beside me, and it was just it wasn't good, was it? To come all that way, oh lordy. And well, he's it's not good his... when you lose seven one. I mean, it's not good for anybody, is it? I know, but to come all that way, I know. saw some goals. I went to uh, <laughs> I went to the, I went to the new camp a couple of years ago and it was nil nil. It was like the only nil nil draw they'd had there for about twenty years or something ridiculous. So you're comparing that to someone coming all the way from Finland and saying, "Yeah, okay." Well, you know, good on him for for sticking with it. Yes, I mean, yeah. get, get everyone's first game. Like my first game was um, the Southampton FA Cup third round. Uh, straight after Man United. Oh, that's so a we lost. We lost four uh, one. There was a rule in my family. Mum's impose this rule you're not allowed to talk to Clive about QPR unless he talks to you about it so there was going to be no indoctrination or whatever 
Yeah. <laughs> I went through went through six, uh, six, seven years not caring, never spoke to him about it. QPR beat Man United on the television, one of the rare televised games at that stage. All the kids at my school in Grimsby obviously supported Man United because that's what kids in Grimsby do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's Dad's team on the telly, isn't it? Asked him about it when he got home. Straight in the car, down to Southampton for my first game. Three days later, we lost 2-0. Clive Wilson missed a penalty. And I've missed about, what, 20 games since? So you, it doesn't matter if your first few games are absolutely horrendous. You've got to stick with it and through the years and years of misery. In the end, it all pays off, doesn't it? Because the glory that you've had... Every now and again, there's <laughs> yeah. a moment that makes it... Like the Jamie Mackey against Liverpool, or the yeah. Bobby Zamora goal, or... Yeah, the Warnock, yeah, the whole Warnock promotion yeah. season, that Oldham semi-final, there's one moment, and going through the years and years Wiggly of leads. utter misery but makes those moments Chelsea. so much better. Along with the weight, the sweet of the glory. The yes. thing is, we had this conversation last week, I want to interest and quickly see how you guys think about it. Should the club refund people who went to games like the 7-1, or is it all swings and roundabouts? If the club refunded the fans over the last few years for terrible away games, I think we'd, 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 we'd I just, definitely wouldn't pass FFP no, ever. I mean, there's a, there's a bit on airplane, isn't there, where the, uh, they do counterpoint to the guy turns around and says they bought their tickets, they knew what they were getting into, let them crash. Like, if you go to QPR, <laughs> if you go to QPR away... Wasn't expecting that in the podcast. <laughs> if, you, with that. if you go to QPR away, you, you know what's coming. And if you get into that, you know, so 7-1 is a refund, is 6-1, is 5-0, is 4-0, you know... I think I 7-1 is such a freak result. Okay, not maybe not for us, really, because under Holloway we had 6-0, whatever, and the Hasselbank and all the rest of it. But I think maybe for the 7-1... To play, uh, the fans have gone up there maybe just stick a tenner on your um, your club shop balance or something, something like that yeah maybe something that's not but really you know we've, we've had 6 nil. Yeah, exactly. we have had an unusually high amount of 6 nils, 5s, 4s and now a 7 you know, I mean, I just, thing, we know what we're getting into when we go there was away. a slow build up over the years to no I'm saying you can't refund it every time you know we knew what we're getting into at West Brom we were for a refund we got stuck 6 nil by Fulham yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Do you know what I mean? Cool. Under Warnock, is it? Well, yeah, can you backdate the refunds? I could go on holiday next year if you do. Well, I'm just saying because... I flew we... back from Sydney and watched us lose 2-1 at Barnsley. Did they, you know, can they refund my flight? Was that a word? <laughs> yeah. Did you have a day's pay? I don't know. I've lost my ticket. It cost me 95 quid to get back to London. Oh, dear. <laughs> Never mind. Right. That's... Damien Delaney scored, though. That was a rare. Hmm. But that's a, I mean, it's an interesting thing because there was another club. It was the crew, a crew of players. Was it uh, Colchester? Colchester, sorry, yeah, yeah, I just, it. yeah. But it's it's part of how football fans, how football fans have been treated over the last twenty years, has has started to make us into consumers rather than supporters. So so suddenly, when you do have a bad result, people go, "Well, why why don't the players just dig in their pockets and give give us our money back?" And to some extent, you think, well, as Kai says. You know, you know what you're going to get in for. You know, it's football. You're not going to win every game. But on the other hand, when you start to be treated like consumers, you start to act like consumers. Exactly. So you start saying, "Well, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm not. Why should I pay for this rubbish? You know, I should be refunded. You're not giving me the experience that I'm sold by the club or by the Premier League or whatever. That, it's a natural response to say, "Give me my money back." That is a switch that has happened during my time watching football in yep. that the, the, the supporter has become a customer and has started to behave like that. And the, the key switch you see is at home games now, not necessarily ours, but just in general, 
the home fans can actually become the away fans' weapon because if it's not going well for the home team, they immediately set upon their own players and that happens at some grounds more than others. But that's entirely down to, well, we've paid 40 quid to get in or whatever. You know, NDA, yeah, and oh, give me something. Yeah, waiting to be entertained is another thing. You know, sitting very then, quietly rather than making... And that's all to do, you know, with all-seater stadia. You know, you know, we started going to QPR at a similar sort of time. You can remember, you know, everyone would be in the stadium half an hour before. Otherwise, you'd be standing at the back and you can't see anything. So, so songs will be going on for half an hour before the game. Whereas now, you know, I'm, I'm as bad as anyone else turn up at one minute to three. All right, right, let's have a bit of entertainment then. There's no... Somebody once put in a website. I don't know. I think that's a little bit of. Hang um, on. I've got to, uh, yeah, hang on. Right, you, let's be fair about it. I've been a turbo. I'm turning on the t- on the players at Rangers. That's a new thing. That's been going on since as long as I've been going. It's been the same at Spurs. Every ground. It's been good the on impatient fans. It, it, do you know what I mean? It's football. Mm. I was see, mate. When Joe Francis always say to the players, "Don't let the fans. At, don't wait for the fans to entertain you. Let the fan you entertain the fans. Nothing's changed." Are we done? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> On the same point of how you're saying the culture change of football, remember we lost to Man U and the club was saying there's no Man United fans in our areas. There's a whole line of Man United fans with the cameras getting there. Oh, yeah, yeah. What about this Man United fans the other night? This is how bad. This is why I hate Premiership football with a passion, having selfies with the guy that just scored yeah. two goals against him. I don't, well, I don't think they were, man, they were tourists, weren't they? They all had the half and half scarves on. I don't think they were Man United fans. Mm. I mean, because sure, they can't have been. <laughs> it is though, isn't it? I mean, the, 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 the EPLs, it's known around the world. Which is a horrible expression, yeah, isn't it? But people come, like it's like an NFL game. People are in London, they want to go and watch us. Exactly. Tottenham at Wembley. Or Manchester. Do you know what I mean? Or Manchester. Well, well, actually, United. the first time in London, get the train to Manchester. Yeah. Come back it again. is what it is. It's, it's an international product now. It's not just. Right, we've come anyway. on to the hour's end. So, Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Okay. Well, first thing I want to know how you pronounce Betake. Or Betashi, or uh, you're asking the lady me? who came on last night. Anyone, really? anyone know? Don't think anyone on this side of the table is going to help you. No, right? okay. my eternal shame. I had Fini- not, I've, first time ever I've not known who a QPR player is. Yeah, uh, my daughter said, Who is that? And I went, Oh, um, it's old um, <clears throat> Betake. Yeah, there's a lot of people now listening to this going, I knew who he was. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. I could, I could a, a small plug, don't often do plugs for the website, but there's a guy on our message board, Smegma, who, yeah, Chris. Oh, he did a break. I saw that. He's, yeah. He goes to everything. The yeah. under 18s, the under 20s, he goes to everything. So if there's ever anything like that, it's good to follow his threads on there because he watches all of them and knows who they are. And he's been talking about him for a little while, actually. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, well, the other R's then is I normally, um, after the game, my daughter has pictures with any players that are around. You know, if we happen to be hanging around. But last night, uh, I saw Mick Jones from The Clash, and I know he's been season ticket older for years, but. Got a bit sort of uh, jelly leg, a bit weak at the knees, and uh, I went to go. He, he, I said, "Hello, Mick." Off the top of my head, as if I knew him. I've never, I've never met him in my life before. You know, I know he, I've seen him at the Rangers from afar, but this is the first time we've been in close contact. I'm sorry, mate. You know, and she said, "Who's that?" I said, and, and then I stopped. And I thought, oh yeah, that's uh, Mick Jones from the Clash. Anyway, so I said, "Look, I've got to have a picture with him." But we're just queuing up to get the tickets. He he was in the fair play to him. He's queuing up in the box office. Mick Jones from the Clash to buy a ticket to watch Bristol Rovers last night. But when he comes out of the box, we're just at the, at the head of the queue and he times it. Just as we get to the window, he walks past, only to the, the window to say, oh, no, sorry, mate, you want the one further down? So I've missed my, my one and only chance. So Mick, <laughs> and the, the faint hope you ever listen to this. Uh, yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> the first time <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. if it turns up to Bristol Rovers League Cup, yeah, then, every, might well listen to the podcast. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. In that case... 
<laughs> Actually, I, I have nothing to say. I have seen him at games, and I think he's a genius. And um, yeah, there's nothing more you can say to that. A legend it is. Ian, have you got a nose end? Have I got an arse end? I've got an arse. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, look, first person ever to use that joke, which is pretty obvious and well done. In eight years of this podcast, no one's done that. Fair play, Ian. Um, just so I, I quite enjoyed last night. It was good to see sit in a different spot where I normally sit and. Um, I was quite impressed with the, the young left back who sort of disappeared off the face of the earth having made that no, Hamalainen yeah I thought yeah. he did he did alright uh, he did alright second half particularly I thought he put some decent 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 balls in sorry he looks quite slight so I wonder if or not you know that works against him but you know I just thought sort of have a Word for him. I'm not, wait, is he American? Is he? No, he's, he's, no, he's from Florida, but he's uh, plays for Finland or Iceland. Finland. The theme oh. of the podcast. But um, but now he's got a nice first touch, and he kind of um, you know, and Shadi- oh, to be fair, Shadipo, he did, well, Shadipo, Kakai, he did um, did okay last night. But watching him, I can kind of see why they have worries about him defensively. There's a couple of times he sort of always, you know, and um, I'm. But I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not against Rangel being there. I think he's for a five-month contract, steady head. I don't. I like. I like. I like fullbacks. You don't notice, and I haven't noticed him yet in the two games. Well, you're going back to the war nearly indoors day, there, aren't you? Mm. Mm. Fullbacks. Clive Wilson, Barzi were a little bit upgraded from them too. But when you talk about players, you did, did a solid job. What noticed that was a two that's been in my mind. So, uh, so that's my argument. Is it? Nothing else. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and, and I think we'll beat Birmingham on Saturday because we always beat Birmingham. We should, we should move our home ground there. We should. Yeah, we should yeah. train at Aston Villa's training ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we haven't fallen out with them after the uh, ice gate incident. That means we'll get year. spanked on Saturday. <laughs> Dan, have you got an Oz end you'd like to share with us? Um, He's got a book. Can I do my book? He's got a book. That was the idea. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You're well, welcome. I just thought I'd ask permission before I started going <laughs> yeah, on about right. it. You know. My hosting will never be as worse as it is tonight, <laughs> so crack on. Um, well, I've written a book with my friend John Smith, who isn't a QPR fan, sorry. Doesn't have to be. He's a West Ham fan. Um, and it's called Booked, The Gospel According to Our Football Heroes. Oh, and we got Frank McAvenny on it. Yeah, oh, okay. and we've read 130 football autobiographies. Oh, and it's kind of a distillation of the best and worst and weirdest and funniest and That sounds like a really strangest. good idea. Um, well, I wish I thought of. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, I think we're all thinking that. Right? <laughs> Hopefully, it's really enjoyable. I think it's. I think it's really funny. John, John's chapters anyway. Um, yeah, so it's out on Saturday. So what we'll do is we'll take a photograph of you. We'll put it on our Twitter feed and our website. Yeah, and we'll help it with the book. Oh, thank can you. Can we? Can we do a little competition? Can we maybe next week if you give us yeah. some copies and uh, we'll we, you know maybe give a few away? Yeah. A few. Sort that out. A few. <laughs> a few. Yeah. Basically, he's saying we'll give one away. Yeah. And Chris at <laughs> Chris will take the other one home. Yeah. Chris I know how your winner is uh, Chris Falls. Yeah. I must say, I love the copy that I've got in front of me in the cover. It looks fantastic. Thanks. And um, it's great to have someone who can write and pronounce people's names properly on the podcast because yeah. the host isn't doing so good tonight. <laughs> Are you yours? No. No. Oh, flipping it, Clive. Well, Come I was going to do a quick one. Um, but I'm keen to know. Uh, I'm keen to see the engineer write sixty on the board. Um, <laughs> no, no, we're fine. We've got a few, no, no, don't, don't listen to him. It's fine. Um, I mean, listen to him by all means, but not right now. So I, I was just going to say that uh, I, think, I think it's very brave of friend. Of, uh, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. What's he writing? What's he writing? What's, what will it be? Fifty-two. 52. So I was going to do a quick I one. I think fifty-two. Oh, no, don't do that. Carry on. That means Finney's going to have eight that, um, I think it's very brave of friend of the podcast. Sean Walsh to, to go on Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> knowing 
QPR's record in knockout competitions. <laughs> he, he needs to get to, what, week four for it to be our best performance since 1997? Well, look, we helped it. Jamie Pollock get, what was it, best player of the, of, of the millennium. I think it was 20th the, like, century. human of the millennium. Yeah, so exactly. he beat Jesus Christ so into, more, a, into surely, a creditable More second. famous than Jesus. Surely we could get Sean Walsh to win. Come on, Walsh. I've got a sneaky feeling he'll do really well. Do you? Mm, seriously. He doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't look good from what he's posted so far. Um, but they're always the ones to follow. That's the whole point of the competition. People like him are the soul and the heart of this competition. That means I'm going to have to watch a bloody thing now for the first time. And my yeah, desk, likewise. And, and, and you know, talking of Strictly, someone on the podcast has family who runs that show. No name is mentioned, but he's not here tonight and I've been a terrible host. In the interest of getting it to 60, minute silence or minutes applause? Because uh, I... St- I st- we obviously had the, the minutes applause for, for Ron Hunt at the weekend. And uh, I, I don't join in the applause, stand there silently, because I think it should be a silence. And I think... Um, Do you think you know, they asked the family for that one? So maybe. And if somebody's lived a long, and, well. a long and fulfilling mm. and successful life, maybe applause is. But sometimes you get up and you're applauding like someone that's been... Someone yeah. that's died very young. And I just... I think it's quite sad the way it's gone that... We can't be trusted as a football crowd, not QPR in general. Can't be trusted to stand there silently. But they're bowing to the morons, so, basically, aren't they? That's, I that's, think so. I just wonder what the general consensus was. Yeah, but I think that's good. I mean, listen, we're, me and Chris are very old. He's not that far behind us, pointing it in. Um, we remember the days when people used to come in a minute silence and start singing and stuff, and you could actually hear it no matter, even if they're just coming up the, the aisles, you could actually hear it. So I guess that's why they did it. Plus, in a few of the. The um, Munich things, the City fans, and that had a, you know, there was, there was any sort but of thing. But then you see, you know, the Genoa fans kept quiet for 43 minutes yeah. during their game. Yeah, exactly. that was incredible. Like, right, so I think, they should, been, I think Munich Science has been pretty good at. Uh, certainly, Loftus Road for quite a while. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. You can manage. You can impeccably observed. You can manage it on the streets of London. I'm not sure you should make jokes. Day and all the, all the rest of it. You can have two minutes silence. I think, to be honest with you, I think it's a shame that it has to be a minute's applause, and it's not. It's 99.9% of us are signed. It's always one Egypt that ruins it for everyone. Two. Was it two minutes silence at Grenfell? Last year? Um, I think it was one, but yeah, that was... I mean, most of them... I don't remember one ever being disrupted at Loftus Road. No, but one... Before I end my hour's end... He's I got just, his pen out. He can stab me with it. I don't care. I'm, I'm feeling very hard today. I've, I've, I've been, I, I apologise, everyone, for being a terrible host and getting your man's name wrong and everything else, but, you know, it's been a bad week. It's been terrible. I hurt my toe yesterday as well. Right... Is that your R's end? No. Why is it? I'm going to ask this to you, Dan, because you're quite intelligent and you've got the glasses on and somebody should be hosting Countdown, right? Or this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to say it. (laughs) The bar bar is low, all right? But it's not that low. Exactly. Thanks for coming. Um, Why is it there's not as many goalkeepers as football managers as outfield players? There's, there's less goalies than outfield players. Yeah, but hey. even even so, even so, <laughs> by the statistics of it all, you look at it. I don't. There's like Dino Soft, right? Yeah, there haven't been many. That Ray Clements, yeah. Kevin Blackwell, Kevin Blackwell. One gun, one gun. It was a bloody good one though. <laughs> that was a seven-one. Seven that was a seven-one. <laughs> so yeah, after the Peter, Peter Shilton. You know, there's a book written by some Plymouth fans about Peter Shilton's reign at Plymouth. Yeah, I know that. Right. Which is about saying, saying that it was going to be like this amazing kind of revolution. He was stopped from doing it and, and it was all a real shame. That it, is that, is it, does he believe all that? Because I've read other stuff about his reign there and it's not good. 
It's a bit sinking, wasn't did it? it? Yeah. Did Brian Gunn get the sack after losing seven one to Colchester, and they appointed the Colchester manager right. yeah. Paul Lambert and got Lambert. promoted? Yeah, yeah. 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 See, we should. Uh, so by that, we should appoint Darren Moore, and then we'll we'll be promoted. Yeah, I can <laughs> see us selling QPR to Darren Moore with a high tech trading complex and, and ground already in, in place and everything else. Hallington is a lovely place. Yeah. Of course, it is. Mike Walker so, was a goalie, wasn't he? The Norwich manager. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was, see, that, was um, that your eyes then, then, Paul? No. Right. <laughs> I. I, I <laughs> I spoke to Pat Harrison last night, who told me... I was going to phone you in the podcast, but I, I fear the wrath of, of our producer, who may kill me, and I don't blame him. Um, they're doing There's always re- time for Pat. Yeah. We're, we're doing a thing at QPR for the over 55s. I think one's on Tuesday. I'm going to put something on my Twitter feed, and hopefully the podcast Twitter feed as well, because they need people to get down there. And I know this, because as someone I want to get my own mother involved with. They won't thank me for it, but I'll bring her down one day, God help her. Um, and it's the, it's a brilliant thing to do for older people. It shows that QPR is not just a football club, it's for everyone, whether you're four years of age or 95 years of age, we're all part of it. So I'm going to plug that when I get more details. But one, my last star's end, this is it. Famous it, last words. Is thank you for sticking with me as your host tonight, guys. <laughs> um, I want to thank you for um, not throwing me through the window. It's... Yet. I've made friends for life here tonight, guys. Just want to thank you. Right. <laughs> Apart from you, Chris, you evil little man. Clive Whittingham. Do you know what? It's always an absolute pleasure, a privilege, and the things you come out with on this podcast, like coaching aeroplane, is just phenomenal. Thank you very much for coming here. Thank you, thank you for having is me. Is there any words of QPR fans? Quickly, you'd like to say before we get killed by Neil? No, I'm just... The 60 hasn't gone up yet. Right, okay. Keep filling. Right. Um... <laughs> Chris Charles. What? We'll talk about the bad and the pop, son. Right? But yeah. are you happy with what you've seen in the last two games? Are you feeling a little bit more positive? Are you a good... Are we in a better place? Uh, well, yes, yes and yes, really. I mean, we, we, we can't be in a Dan, worse place. We can't be in a worse for, place, can we? <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. His book is called Booked. The Gospel According to Football Here is John Smith and Dan Truffler. Yep. Close, close enough. Yep. <laughs> Right. You try saying that, Ian McCullough. Trelfer. 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 That's what I said, Trelfer. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Ian, thank you for coming along and being, as ever, a fantastic guest. Thank you for listening. We're going to beat Birmingham. Then it's, I believe it's bolted away. We're going to win that. And then we're going to beat Millwall at home. And the whole of August will seem like an awful nightmare as we march on towards the playoffs. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You pay off. You pay